In this episode, we focus on Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. In this season, Tim Dunn and Joey Willis walk through the book of Ecclesiastes, verse by verse, discussing what is being revealed about the nature of God, our world, and our most adequate response to it. Grab your Bible, some note-taking supplies, and pull up the BibleSays.com commentary on Ecclesiastes as we take a deep dive into the deep truths of Ecclesiastes. Rich with humility and hope, uncertainty and purpose, mystery and faith, this book is sure to challenge your perspective on what it means to live life well. Verses 9 and 10. In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, and he pondered, searched out, and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. So if only we had access to that, that those proverbs that he gathered together and searched out and, and desperately arranged. You know, one of the things that was really cool for Tim and I is really discovering how closely those two books do go together. And so in in the book of Proverbs, Solomon talks about wisdom as knowledge and action. It's it's applied knowledge. And so it's really an extension of, of, of Ecclesiastes, which, you know, makes sense if you think about all of the things that we've been saying. The book of Proverbs is a way of saying like, okay, here's some really kind of practical ways that you do this. Here are some teased out, some expanded practicalities to living a life of faith, living a life of worship uh, built upon the foundation of Hebel. He wanted to write things that were correct, that were right, but he was careful to figure out just the right words so that they would be pleasing, something memorable something that would be uh, a, a memory key, something that would be delightful. And so this, this is not just, um, I mean, you, you, could really, you could really just summarize Ecclesiastes in a few words. Uh, we've done it many times. Look, see reality for what it is. It's mystery. It's mysterious. You can either trust God and follow his ways and it'll work out good, or you can find, figure out your own ways and you're going to end up with madness and folly. Well, you know, but what he's doing here is is teasing that out, and he's turned it into uh, parables and word pictures and uh, poems and philosophy, so so that no no matter what your bent is, you you can find some handle here in Ecclesiastes to to grab onto, because his goal here is to to lead us into uh, a way of life that works, which is just the opposite of Ecclesiastes being a downer. Ecclesiastes is a downer only if you don't want to embrace reality. Yeah, Ecclesiastes is only a downer if you demand to control everything, right? If you're willing to kind of uh, surf the the wave of Ecclesiastes, it, it's actually really kind of beautiful and, and inspiring. The words of wise men are like goads, and masters of these collections are like well-driven nails. They are given by one shepherd. But beyond this, my son, be warned. The writing of many books is endless, and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. 
So right after he tells us how carefully he went about assembling this and delightful words and stuff, he says, you know, too many words is not good. <laughs> so I used a lot of words here to, to convey something, but it's not really about the words. It's about the actions. Are you going to take the words and do it? That's the real, that's the real question. And so it, it's great to memorize scripture. It's great to read the Bible. It's great to listen to podcasts like, like Joey and I are, are doing here and, and, and renew your mind. But ultimately, what, what we're after here is not just constant seeking and constant words. What we're after here is putting it into action. Well, Tim, you just said this in the last part, but the, you know, the preacher, Solomon, Koalef, uh, is really searching to find the right words and to say these types of things. But as you said, we could describe Ecclesiastes in just a, a, a few short sentences. What Solomon does in this book is he repeats it because we need it repeated. We need to hear it over and over again. We need a little bit of, of an illustration. Uh, we need uh, to be prodded in different ways. This is jolting a lot of us from our preconceived perspective of reality. And so it's going to, you know, it takes uh, a couple of different gut punches for that to really sink in. But you're right. What he's saying at this point is like, look, uh, the words of the the words of wise men are are like goads. They're helpful, but there becomes a point where we're just talking and talking and saying the same things over and over again. All of this is for naught if it doesn't lead us towards action. Yeah, and a goad was a was a prick on the end of a pole. So you have an ox and you want it to go right. You prick it on the left haunch and and it would and it would push it in that direction. So the if. If a wise man writes words and they lead to more reading of words, then that that isn't the goal. Okay, that that isn't what's supposed to happen. Uh, if a wise man does a really good job, what it's going to do is cause people to change the way they act. And, and the master of a collection are like well-driven nails. So if, if someone takes the collection of proverbs and they apply them then they're going to be like a well-driven nail on a, on a house. They're going to, they're going to be uh, doing the job just like the carpenter intended them to do. And so that, that's the two things here. One is when we read wisdom, are we going to do it? If we do, then we've mastered it and, and we're going to be like a well-driven nail. We're going to be doing what, what the, what the uh, architect intended. Well, and he, he's also, like so many other things in Ecclesiastes, talking about a balance here. So again, like I was saying, uh, the words of the wise are good, are like goads. Um, the collections are like well-driven nails. But beyond this, meaning once the message has been communicated, uh, be warned of endless books and of much devotion, much study is, is really what that word means. And Tim, you and I both have, have kind of dappled or explored uh, in the publishing world and, and marketing um, books and things like that. And and one of the things that, that publishers really want is they really want you to just like get people dependent on your books, right? They want you to, to make it so that you don't really say everything at once so that people keep coming coming back and reading more and more of, of what you have to, to say. And that's kind of this market approach to... Uh, the value of 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 words, the value of books, rather than the idea of like if our book doesn't 
spur people towards action and just spurs them towards buying another one of our books, then then we, according to Ecclesiastes, we really haven't haven't done it well. And, and he kind of uh, kind of sets the stage again here. You made this point already, my son. So he, he's really he really apparently has a uh, an audience in mind here of young men who he's really trying to spur on to make good choices in life. And, you know, he, and he said that, like, you, you, you've got, you've got the days of your youth ahead, old age is, is going to come, but invest these years wisely. And, and as you said earlier, he, when he gets into the collection of Proverbs, it's very clear that his audience is, is the young man that he's trying to, to guide. But that doesn't mean this isn't still applicable to somebody like me that's not young anymore. Right. Well, in, in Proverbs, a lot of scholars think that Proverbs is specifically written for uh, pupils, for like young men at a, at school um, who are who are learning, and so you know that my son definitely evokes the language of of Proverbs, and, and so it's particularly awesome, I think, that he's even saying it towards students. Like, uh, and we experience this at the King's College. Sometimes our students get real stuck in the you know philosophical. Um, you know, give and take back and forth of particular discussions or applications. And, and at some point, th- that study really is, is wearisome. It, it's not helpful past a certain degree. Beyond this, these things are, are actually not helpful. What we've got to do and what Kylie and I do in our jobs all the time is spur our students to make action, to, to discern for themselves, to make choices and to put these things into practice. The conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. So this is the end, and this is the sixth time in Ecclesiastes where he mentions the fear of God. It started in in chapter 3, verse 14, and is kind of splattered basically every other chapter until until we get here at the end and uh, this is the conclusion this is the the idea and this is the emphasis of the path that tim and i have referred to in a lot of different ways the path of trusting god the path of of faith the path of choosing to let hebel be an encouragement and a catalyst towards a worship of god yeah and, the, and hebrews uh kind of uh, echoes this it says the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And I wonder if uh, the writer of Hebrews had this verse in mind when he, when he penned this. Because very clearly, we need to bear in mind that that day is coming. The judgment day is certain. The judgment day will take place. And I like to think of it as the the very last day of my life on earth will be the day when I stand in uh, judgment uh, before God. Well, and I think it's important in this in this conclusion that fear God and keep his commandments are not like two things <laughs> they're really just the, the same thing it, it's a it's a it's one call 
And what he's saying, this is the conclusion. After all of this discovery, after all of this thinking, after all of this trying and all of this effort, here's what I've discovered. Mankind is created to love God, to fear God, to trust God. And obeying his commandments is in our own best self-interest. So this is what we really want out of life, and this is what we're created for. And he you know, says this immediately after, therefore, that is the measure by which all that we do will be judged. Because we're made for it, because it's ultimately what we want, it's the measuring stick that's going to be used to evaluate how we lived our life and how we stewarded our time on this earth. Well, I think uh, we've we've now been through all of Ecclesiastes, and now Solomon's not just our teacher, but he's our friend, and we can think of him as son. Uh, but there's a cautionary tale because Solomon eventually strayed from his own advice, and so this is something that requires you know ongoing vigilance. Uh, it it's, goes back to the effort part of it. We control our effort and. Life is something you have to keep investing in. Uh, relationships are th- something you have to keep investing in. And if you stop investing, it starts to, d- to decay. And that's something to really, uh, really think about here because we want uh, this life to matter and we want to have joy every day. Uh, but that requires diligence every day. The last thing that I'll say just about the book of Ecclesiastes in general is is that I I wish all of our listeners well in the mystery of life. And when that mystery is disappointing and heartbreaking, um, I pray that it would encourage you to, to lean on your community and, and lean ultimately on a trust in God. And day in and day out, I pray that the mystery, the hebel of life, would inspire you, would be awe-inspiring, would overwhelm you uh, with the beauty that God is trying to communicate. He's doing all of these things so that you might fear Him, you might love Him, you might worship Him. For me in my life, Ecclesiastes is my favorite book of the Bible, and the reason is because going through all this time and time again spurs me on to worship and reminds me of who I am and who God is and the proper response proper connection between those two things. Yeah, Joey, we as humans, we fear something. Uh, We don't really have any choice. And what that means is we're always looking to something to give us affirmation of some kind. We're looking, we're going to look for approval somewhere and we're going to look to belong to something, to to get acceptance somewhere. And God has offered us unconditional acceptance through just having enough faith to look. So John 3 14 through 16 says, As the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that whoever believes might have everlasting life. And the serpent in the wilderness was a bronze snake on a pole. And Moses told the people who had been bitten bitten by uh, uh, poisonous snakes that didn't want to die, if he told them, If you'll have enough faith to look at this snake on this pole, then you'll be healed. And Jesus used that analogy for himself lifted up on a pole, the cross. And we as humans have a poison in our body. It's the venom of sin that will keep us separated from God. And he's saying there, if you don't want to die 
of sin. If you, if you don't want to be separated from God, if you'll just have enough faith to look at me on the cross, hoping to be healed, that's enough. And I will give you acceptance. And that's an unconditional gift. The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And we can receive that deepest of longings from him. And then we're going to look for somebody for approval. And that's who we fear. Wherever we're looking for approval, that's who we fear. Sadly, often we are looking for acceptance through approval. And we've got those two things, uh, we've got those two things conflated. And, and then we're all the more unstable. And this is a sad reality for many humans. But we can receive the unconditional acceptance by, of God through faith. And then we can fear Him. We can look to Him for approval. And when we do, it puts us on this path to fulfillment. It puts us on the path where Hebel now is something that we're, that we is, we're making tangible through faith because now we can have contentment while, yet while striving. Now we can have, uh, we can have certainty through faith. We can have faith that God controls and we don't have to control. And now we're making life make sense. And the alternative is going to be the Hebel of trying to hold a cloud in our hands. It's going to be, it's going to be trying to make life work in a way that it just won't. And that brings madness and futility. And, and that's what, that's what is, is set forth for us here. That's what is, is served up. And, uh, we just pray that every one of you will be tremendously blessed by having your minds renewed, and you'll have tremendous joy in the journey. It's a journey, not an outcome. We're not purchasing an outcome off the shelf. We're, we are going through a journey that's, that's shaping us and molding us into who Christ called us to be. Thanks for listening to our series on the book of Ecclesiastes. Life is full of uncertainty, of trying the best we can and deciding where to place our trust. Ecclesiastes invites us to consider two responses, fight against reality to our own despair or align with it in hope, obedience, and trust in the Lord. Uncertainty is the breeding ground for faith, hope, trust, and above all, love. For more on discovering a true perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions concerning what you've heard, we would love to hear from you please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net.